Lord of all creation. Live water, earth, and sky. The heavens are your tabernacle. Glory to the Lord on high. Everybody singing out. God of wonders beyond our galaxy. Ladies and gentlemen, good morning and welcome 
to Rise Up here on LFA TV. This is episode number 152, and we are cruising right along to 300 episodes. Make sure you rumble this video, like this video, share it out to your friends and family that need a good, God-filled start to their day. I'd like to say happy birthday to Arthur, and I'd like to also uh, ask for extra prayers today for Mag American's uh, family as his uh, wife's um, mother passed away, I believe it was. Could have been father, but definitely had a parent pass away. I just saw it briefly as I was, uh, as I was coming on. Um, it's also Lord Fishy's birthday today as well. So let's uh, keep these people, keep the people that are asking for prayers in your prayers. And uh, make sure you wish a happy birthday uh, to everybody whose birthdays it is in the chat. Um, yes, Miranda. Yes. Happy birthday to you. God bless. Uh, guys, we already have 900 people. We're five minutes into the show and we have 900 God fearing, patriotic, wonderful people here ready to praise Jesus Christ, ready to give God all of our worship in heaven and, and, and humble ourselves to the word of God today. Monday is usually like our best uh, my favorite show of the day of the week is Monday. It's because we've, you know, we get back together after having a, a two day hiatus. Now you've not had a two day hiatus from LFA TV here on rumble TV because, uh, we have weekend content now and we're going to be adding more. But as far as me being able to talk with you guys, I do miss you during the weekends as I'm spending time with my family. And so it is nice to get back to you on Monday mornings. Um, having said that today's show is titled, The World Knows That the Bible is True. What do you mean by that, Jeremy? I thought this world belonged to Satan. It does to a certain extent. But that does not mean that the world doesn't know that the Bible is true. So if the world knows that the words of the Bible and the words of God and Jesus Christ from Old to New Testament are true, but they're not practicing the truth, then they are rejecting the truth. That's right, ladies and gentlemen. A majority of the world is rejecting God, knowing He's real. Corporations know God is real. Hollywood definitely knows God is real. Governments know that God is real. The masses know that God is real. And do you know how I know this? Because every single person on the planet is born with knowledge of God. Every person. You're born into sin, but you're also born with knowledge of God. Every person. So that's why when you get into that conversation or that, um, that uh, debate with people, well, what about people that don't hear the words of Jesus and that don't know the words of the Bible? Are they destined for hell as well? Yes, they are. You don't want me to sugarcoat it. That's the true answer. Congratulations to Sue. Sue says we got baptized yesterday. Oh, he is real. Congratulations to you for being baptized. God bless you. He's real, and everyone knows it. And you're born with something called a conscience. 
And if you break down what the word conscious means, it's two words from Greek. And con means with, science means knowledge. You are with knowledge of God. Period. Period. And that is why the thief on the cross made it to heaven. The thief on the cross never preached the gospel. The thief on the cross never was a godly person, a godly man. The thief on the cross never repented except for that moment. And right there, right there in that moment, the thief on the cross lived a lifetime of rejecting God and still made it to heaven that day with Jesus. The world knows he exists. The world rejects what they know is truth. And we're going to be talking about that today. We're going to be talking about that today. And I think it's a great topic of discussion, especially now today with so many of you being light bearers, so many of you being ambassadors for the kingdom of heaven today. So we're going to get to that today as we have 1,000 people watching here today. We're going to get right into our morning prayer. Freedom Express Media says, good morning to all those I missed. Good morning to you too. So let's go to prayer and then we'll get into devotion. I've got videos to show you. We've got discussion. We've got verse of the day. A lot to cram in 50 minutes that are left. So let's go to the Lord in prayer now. In Jesus' name. We bow our heads to Father God in heaven. Our Father, God in heaven. Wonderful, wonderful Father of all, creator of the universe. How we give you glory this morning. How we humble ourselves and put our pride aside. Because nothing else matters but the word of God. And there's no name to remember except for Jesus. Lord, we ask you to help our pride be set aside today. Lord, we ask you to open the ears of the people that are seeking truth. Open the eyes and the hearts of people that will be here today seeking the truth. You've promised that if we seek you, you will make yourself known to us. Please, Lord, allow that to happen today here on Rise Up. To all those that are on the fence, believe this. As Jim Caviezel says, the devil owns the fence. It's time to get off. It's time to get off that fence. Lord, today, help me be a bearer of light and an ambassador of truth. Use me in any way you need to, to further the kingdom of heaven here today. On this July 24th year of our Lord, 2023, we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Every day is a gift. Every day is a blessing. And you're going to need to be not only light bearers of the truth and the gospel of God, but you're going to need to be warriors. Are you afraid to get your hands dirty? I don't care what age you are. I don't care what function of mobility you have of your physical body. You need to be a warrior for God today. A soldier in the army of God of the gospel today. And part of that means that you cannot be afraid to stand up for the word of God, stand up for the inspired word of God that is 100% fact from the Old Testament to the New Testament, 
irrefutable. You cannot disprove it, and we're going to talk about that today. And you, the ones listening to this show today, need to say to yourself today, look in the mirror and say, I am not just a light bearer. I am not just an ambassador. I am not just a seed spreader. I am a warrior for God. And if somebody wants to know the truth, I will give them the truth no matter how hard it is to swallow. Are you that today? So you mean to tell me that people that never heard the gospel of Jesus Christ, if they don't hear it before they die, they're going to hell? Yes. And I don't mean that to be mean, and I don't mean that to hurt feelings, and I don't mean that to disrespect. I mean that to tell you the truth. Yes. When you go to the doctor and the doctor finds cancer, do you want that doctor to beat around the bush? When you go to the doctor and you find out you've got some incurable blood disease, do you want that doctor to beat around the bush? Yes or no? No. You want them to tell you the truth. Why is that? In an age where they're trying to rewrite the Bible with AI, I saw that in the chat. Yes, we know that's happening. They're already doing it in China. In an age where they are trying to change the word of God, why do you think they are trying to change it? T. Mitchell says you are wrong. Are you talking to me or are you talking to the people that are rejecting it? Because if you're talking to me, I'd like to know what you mean. Am I wrong to say that people that don't hear the gospel are going to hell? Are you telling me I'm wrong? I'd like to know. I'd like to know what I, I catch the chat here and there. So I catch little things. So I'm not sure if what you mean, something I said before or something I said now. So I'm going to I'm going to monitor this chat to see the response from T. Mitchell. God said in the Bible, he will return when everyone hears about him. He will return when the gospel is spread to all corners of the earth. He will return when the gospel is spread to all corners of the earth. T. Mitchell says, I'm saying Jesus wants us to spread the gospel across the world. It is our responsibility. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. So what, what, what are you saying somebody's wrong about? What are you saying? You're saying that I'm wrong? I said we have to spread the gospel. That's our job to all corners of the earth. But if there's one person out there that has not heard it, in the way that it needs to be spread, that doesn't mean that they're safe. Ignorance is not innocence. That's why you have a conscience. People need to understand this. That's why we have to fight so incredibly hard to spread the gospel so that everybody can hear it, so they can have a chance to reject the word or not. That doesn't mean that every person in the world is ever going to hear the gospel. Ignorance is not innocence. I know there's a fine line there, and I know you're probably struggling with, well, how's that possible? Very true, though. That's why you're born with a conscience. That's why you're born knowing right and wrong. But it is our duty to spread it as far and as fast as we can. Why would Jesus sacrifice his life for us if we can go to heaven? Because we live a good life. Not sure what you mean by that. 
Not sure what you mean by that. God said he shows himself to the, in the clouds, the grass, the colors, the sky. Hey, there you go. Bam. Who, who said that? Grammy love. The creatures of the sky, etc. Amen. Amen. W. Wilson. No babies don't go to hell. It applies to those of age and understanding. God works through people's deaths and much more to bring them to Christ. Jump off, you are correct. Right now, I can feel the weight of the world on my shoulders, but I know failure isn't an option. That's right. Knowledge is very powerful, and leftists know God exists, but want to play God to fit their narrative. That's true. Little Mama says, we are not here to just live a good life. We are here to do well of God by spreading his word. Amen. Age of accountability. Yeah, we're not, I mean, clearly we're not talking about babies who don't understand anything. We're talking about people who understand. Means we can't go to heaven without accepting Jesus as our savior. And that's another thing too. When you're ready to, when you are getting close to death, Jesus reveals himself to you in ways that you may not have seen him or experienced while you were not close to death. That's another thing. And that's why I was wrong two years ago when I said somebody who commits suicide goes to hell. T. Mitchell, that is why I said you were wrong. Babies go to heaven. That's what made me say no. Okay, I got you. A little bit of miscommunication there, but I got you. I got you. And yes, that's why I don't believe babies at four years old should be baptized. You gotta know. You gotta know. You gotta understand. And just because you were born with a conscience doesn't mean you have the ability for your mind to comprehend at two years old. So that's, I guess there's a, I guess there's a window uh, of, um, of wiggle room there, if you want to call it that. We don't do good works to get to heaven. We do good works because we are saved. Amen. Amen. Justified, sanctified, glorified, says Pumpkin 55. All right, let's get into one-minute prayer for dads, okay? Hold on, I just want to read this. Patty says, the days before my mom passed... She was citing scripture. The, day bef- the days before my grandfather passed, he was as well, and he was never a godly man. So when you get ready to pass on, 100% Jesus is revealing himself to you in ways that you might not have experienced here uh, when you were in good health. That is a very true statement. Larry says, I don't reject God, but I haven't read the Bible in its entirety. Something you might want to start working on, Larry. I can use that one-minute prayer for men. Well, I think you can get it pretty much anywhere. My mom got it for me. I didn't order it, so, uh, but I'm pretty sure you can get it pretty much anywhere. Um, so let's get into this. One-minute uh, prayers for dads. We're going to read uh, from page 71. So if you have this book, please turn to page 71, okay? James 122. By the way, Larry... Somebody, um, 
a question I asked, too, back in the day, and a question I hear a lot today. Where do I start reading the Bible? And the best answer that I ever got, which is the best answer that I have passed on to others, is this, at the beginning, where it says, in the beginning, God created the, hev- created the heavens and the earth. If you want to know where to start, probably the best place to start, in the beginning, and move on, piece by piece. James one twenty two, page 71, doing God's will. Being doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. Bill Beard says, what's the deal about not going to hell if you commit suicide? Well, that's a Catholic doctrine, that if you commit suicide, you go to hell. Um, And there's a lot to back that up, you know, being your body's a temple and a blessing from God. My point is this, nobody knows what happens in the last seconds of a person's life, but them and Jesus. So when I made the statement two years ago that if you die uh, by suicide, you go to hell, I, I misspoke. And somebody and a lot of people corrected me of that, not just because of the Catholic doctrine, but because of the actual truth is nobody knows what happens in those last minutes or days or seconds of, of somebody's life. So I can't say somebody didn't get saved in the last second of their life because I have the knowledge that they committed suicide. It's kind, of a, uh, it's kind of a false statement to make. I don't know. I don't know. So, and, and what made me realize that, if I, if I may before I move on, what made me realize that was somebody sent me a, um, uh, an email and said, my six-year-old or my five-year-old son is crying right now because his brother committed suicide And we have always told our son that his brother is in heaven, which we definitely believe he is. And I said in the in the in the show prior to getting that email that everyone who commits suicide is automatically destined for hell. And they educated me very quickly. You have no idea what my son went through in his last moments of life with Jesus. And. You know. Somebody said, not a Catholic doctrine. Jesus accepts all who come to him, even in the Catholic faith. That doesn't mean anything. It's not what I said. I said that the reason why we all believe that you automatically go to hell when you commit suicide is a Catholic doctrine. That comes from the Catholic religion. You're not going to find that in the Bible that says, if you commit suicide, you're destined for hell. That's a ca- so when I said it's a Catholic doctrine, that's why most of us think that. CQ said it right. If you commit suicide and you don't repent before death, then you go to hell. Exactly. Exactly. So, if you can find me in the Bible, I'm, I, I could be wrong, but I've never, I've never read in the Bible, if you take your own life, you automatically go to hell. It does talk about treating your body like a temple, but I mean, we don't treat our bodies like temples when we're alive. You know what I mean? Name one person who treats their body like a temple in this chat. Because all of us do things to our bodies that we shouldn't do. 
Joe says, that makes sense since Catholics believe in purgatory. Old Catholic doctrine, not anymore. Yeah, again, still Catholic doctrine. So what happens if you repented and then commit suicide? I, I, I really don't know. I don't have all the answers. All I know it was wrong for me to say that if you commit suicide, you automatically go to, to hell. That is where I was wrong. Outside of that, I don't have all the answers for that one. A Jesuit priest at St. Ignatius in Tokyo told me that when he was showing me the new church and we were in the basement, he said there is no hell. (laughs) Well, the Bible clearly says it is. Army Dog says my son was 17 and took his own life six years ago. So sorry to hear that, man. So sorry to hear that. Very sorry to hear that. Somebody said, unfortunately, I treat my body like a Vegas casino. Dads have a special way of doing, not just hearing. God's word. The doing involves training our children, praying with them, playing with them, providing for them, and making them secure. This is God's will for us as well. Just like a father for his child or a mother for her child. It's what God wants us dads to do. Father, help me to be a doer of your will with my whole self, not just someone who hears with my ears. Help me put my, uh, put my faith Feet to my faith, especially in the lives of my kids. Your will for me as their father is to do right by them, to make you known to them by my words and actions by doing what your word says to do. Lord, help me make your will my will. Help me make your priorities my priorities and help me demonstrate to my children what you're doing, what you're doing actually looks like. You can show them a lot better than you can tell them, right? I can tell my children to pray this way or do this or repent for this or say this or act godly in this situation. But if they see me doing opposite hypocrite, you know, acting like a hypocrite, they're going to do what I do opposite. So I must do what I am instructing them to do so that I can show them better than I can tell them because children are going to be copycats, right? Jeremy, Nancy needs healing and comforting prayers. Father God in heaven, Father, we ask as we are here today, more than two together, and that is where you dwell here with us. So we ask you while you're here with us to pray for Nancy. We pray for Nancy for health and restoration today. We pray for health and restoration, if it is in your will, Lord, to bring Nancy health and restoration We know that there are treasures to find in the trials, Lord, but when people are experiencing pain, it's very, very hard for them to understand that. Please bring that understanding to her today. In Jesus' name, amen. Suicide is not an honorable death as the Japanese believe it to be, but an act of cowardice and selfish because it hurts anyone around them. I have no use for it. Same here. Same here. But again... 
We have no idea what somebody's going through in their life. We have no idea what demons are possessing or afflicting somebody in their life. We just don't know. We have no idea what kind of demons are in somebody's life making them believe that it's the only way out. We have no idea what kind of demons are in somebody's life making them believe that everybody in their life wants them to do it because they're worthless. It's not as easy as black and white. It's just not. I wish it was. And I used to think of the same thing. Look, I'm of the very I'm of the mind of you don't need a psychiatrist. You don't need a counselor. You don't need somebody in your life that doesn't know you giving you advice. You don't need X, you don't need Y, and you don't need Z. And everybody who thinks that they need all this is just ridiculously uh, weak. That's what I truly believed my entire life and still to some extent believe this. But God tells me otherwise. He says, you have no idea. Think about how you were in your life at one point. Did you deserve to die? Did you deserve people to throw you away? Did you deserve people to turn their backs on you because of the way you thought? Or did you deserve somebody to love you, to be there for you, to teach you? That's what we deserve. But so many people don't think that way. I didn't think that way back then. So, you know, it's just, it's... It's not as easy as one, two, three. I'll just put it that way. Do you, how many of you have seen the movie Nefarious? How many of you have seen it? Because if you have seen the movie Nefarious and you believe that demons occupy people's bodies and minds and you believe that what happened in that man's life happens to people, well, then you must understand the level of possession that these demons take over people's bodies that aren't strong enough yet to resist them. It's not as easy as one, two, three. So when I say you are a warrior for God, it's not just proving atheists and agnostics wrong. It's not just bringing the truth and the light and then moving on once you spread that. Part of you spreading the gospel is doing the work of God, doing what he put you here to do. And sometimes that means putting an open arm up to people who cannot fight it. There are people out there that want to walk in the way of Jesus Christ so incredibly bad, but they're not strong enough yet. That's not their fault. That's why I'm here. To help them be strong enough. That's why God uses you. That's why he uses me. Not to condemn or judge those people, yes, to a certain extent, but not right out of your view. Right, right, not right out of your purview of, uh, of help and assisting. If people in our lives commit suicide, it's not necessarily their fault or our fault that we didn't stop it. But it's our job and our duty to be what they need you to be as well as being a godly person. It's very difficult. 
Satan has a hold on this world. It's not fake. Only the strongest of the strong in spirit who have been through hell and back, by the way, are able to be warriors for God. How could you be if you've not been through it? How could you be if you've not had a bullet or a gun to your head at one point? How could you be that kind of a warrior for God if you've not had the barrel of a gun in your mouth at some point? Metaphorically, maybe physically. Dimples says, I don't believe you can be possessed as a Christian. Who do you think the devil would delight in possessing more? A Christian or an atheist? Milo just brought up somebody very, very, very important to what we're discussing. Judas. Judas committed suicide and he believed that Jesus was the son of God. So I'm not saying that a Christian can or can't. I'm saying, who do you think the devil would delight more in going after? A Christian or an atheist? And if you think that all Christians are unable to be coerced, possessed, well, then you're saying that Christians are unable to sin. If a Christian can sin then wouldn't a Christian be able to also be able to be coerced? And if a Christian could be coerced, couldn't a Christian also be, to some extent, possessed? I don't know. I don't know. All I know is this. When I was on my month and a half, two months separation from God a couple months ago, when I was acting irrational and being upset and, and, and calling people names... I felt pretty far from God. I felt like there were some demons in me. Worked their way in when I wasn't, didn't have my guard up. Now, I think a Christian recognizes it and can get rid of them as soon as they recognize it. That's what I truly believe. Do I believe that a Christian can't be possessed in some way? I don't think so. Somebody said you can be oppressed but never possessed. Okay, that's maybe a good, that may be a good explanation. Influenced, Yes, that may be a good explanation. Maybe possessed is not the right word. But I'll go back to saying this. I'll go back to saying this. Who do you think the devil would delight more in influencing? Maybe, that's, maybe that is the right word, influencing. Maybe not possessed. Maybe a Christian can't be possessed. Maybe you're right about that because I think possessed would mean complete occupation and takeover. And I don't think that's possible if you have the Holy Spirit dwelling in you. But definitely influence or else we couldn't sin. So, I mean, again, going back to the suicide thing, we don't know what people are going through. We don't know the level of influence or possession that people are going through. I'm Sullivan says, wasn't Mary possessed before she met Jesus by a lot of demons? By so many, they called themselves we, they. K. 
Katia says, if the Holy Spirit inhabits a person, there's no room for demons. Now, demons influence, yes. It's kind of hard to say, though, isn't it? How do you say there's no room for demons, but there's still room for influence of demons? I think we're getting hung up on a word here. Possess, encourage, discourage, influence, still allowing demons in to coerce you to think something you shouldn't be thinking or do something you shouldn't be doing. But I know this. Satan would delight in getting a Christian to get, turn away from God far more than he would to get an atheist to turn to Satan to himself. Ooh, this gap. Satan talked angels out of heaven, and you don't think Satan's voice can talk people into hell? Of course he can. <whistles> Ladies and gentlemen, I'm going to ask you a very... Very, very important question. Danes, I know Pastor Locke personally. I talked to him quite a bit. Very, 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 very amazing individual. Thank you. Let me ask you a question. Have you guys ever held a bottle of water? Eli, you've held a bottle of water before, right? Come here for a second, if you can, if you're not busy. Hold this. Just hold it up. Okay? Now I'm going to ask you guys if you have a bottle of water to hold this up as well. And then I'm going to ask you a question. How heavy is this bottle of water? Eli, what would you say? How heavy is this? Eli says he thinks it's a half a pound. How heavy is this bottle of water? Anybody want to answer? How heavy is it? I'll hold it up here while I I get some answers. One pound. Somebody said 12 ounces. Okay. 1.5. 12 ounces. Well, you're not wrong. It is definitely. Well, it is not. That's wrong. It's not 12 ounces. 16 ounces. Still wrong. I'll tell you the answer. I didn't ask you how much this thing weighs. Did I, Eli? What did I ask you? How heavy is it? Did not ask you how much it weighed. I said, how heavy is it? So here's your answer. If I hold this weight of this water bottle for one minute, it's not too heavy. If I hold this water bottle for one hour, starts to get a little heavier, doesn't it? If I hold on to this bottle of water, which has got weight to it, for a week, or even a whole day, boy, that seems pretty heavy now, doesn't it? Now it's almost impossible to lift as you've held this up for a whole day. I didn't ask you how much this weighed. I asked you how heavy it was.
Our job as Christians is not to hold on to wait for too long. The weight of this world is so heavy and the weight of this world will have you carrying a thousand water bottles a day. It's up to you whether you want to hold on to that pointless weight or whether you want to set it down and be done with it. So for all those people out there that have thought about committing suicide or that have committed suicide, the difference between them and you is they held on to this water bottle too long. A Christian learns how to set it down. A Christian learns how to let it go. And this, we can use this as a metaphor or an analogy for anything that you're holding on to that is not furthering the kingdom of God or that is not benefiting you in any way, shape, or form. Me holding on to this bottle for a day benefits nobody, especially when there's a desk right in front of me that I can set it down and let go. So if you're out there and you're thinking about committing suicide or you're out there and you know somebody that is committing or that, 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 that is in danger of committing suicide or that have said to you they just can't take it anymore, tell them just to simply let go. Let go. Again, I didn't ask how much it weighed. I asked how heavy it was. And that depends on how, how long you hold it. Let it go. Live life. Life is precious. Life is beautiful. Life is God. Life is the proof of God. The birds, the trees, the rainbows, the puppies, the kittens, the grass, the sky, the air, the sun, the smells, the touches, the knowledge. Everything is God. Nothing cannot create something. Period. And if you are an atheist, not an agnostic, but if you are an atheist, your belief is just this. You believe in the scientific impossibility. Somebody who says trust the science, right? Atheists say trust the science. But if you're an atheist... Your belief is in the scientific impossibility that nothing created everything. That is impossible, according to science. Right? If you guys have seen my video, Armor of God, I put a very subtle message into that video for people who are suicidal specifically. And I did that I did that because of two reasons. One, I'll never forget how wrong I was when I made that statement and crushed that little boy's heart who knew his brother was actually in heaven. I feel bad about that to this day. 
But number two, I did it because I know that so many of you have had to deal with suicide in your families. Hundreds of you. I know this because you've told me. So in the end of the video, Armor of God, you'll see that my phone is ringing. And you see me throw my hands up like I've had enough of the world's craziness and I'm going home to be with my family and to live a godly life. That is the whole purpose of the video at the end when I throw my hands up and I give up. I let the water bottle go. I just let it all go. And I do it because I'm getting a phone call. Now, if you go and watch that video, that phone number on the phone, it says, I believe, wife and kiddos on it. But the number on it is actually a Christian suicide hotline. How many of you actually knew that? I want to read for you something that somebody wrote. Jeremy, I stopped listening to you for a while after you said that. See that? I'm not the only one that remembers it. She says, but God convicted me to come back because we don't know, but we can learn together. Amen. Amen. RJ Cat says, I don't chat much, but just listen, but I really love you guys. And we really love you too. And don't think that I'm not thinking of your son while I'm talking about this. I had no idea today's show was going to be going towards suicide. I had no idea. I was literally, today's show was going to be about proving the existence of the Bible. I mean, proving the words of the Bible are true and real. But you see what happened. God wanted us to talk about suicide. There must be a lot of people out there that are suffering from this today. I had no idea we were even going to talk about this. But it came full circle to my video that I made a year ago. You go back and watch that video, Armor of God. Go ahead. Get the number at the end. It's right there. It's for Christians. It's for people seeking God. 24-hour hotline. Pile your troubles on God's shoulders. The weight, the heaviness... Pile your troubles on God's shoulders. He'll carry your load. He'll help you out. He'll never let good people topple into ruin. That's Psalm 55, 22. So apparently there's a lot of people that needed to hear this today. I did not have any clue that we were going to be talking about this. Thank you, Shelly Rose. God bless you. 
Our oldest moved out of the house this summer. We celebrated his growth and all the wonderful things going on in his life. But every now and again, we feel the sting of that chapter of our lives being over. Of course, that's how life is supposed to be. Pregnancies bring forth babies who grow into toddlers, who grow into kindergartners, and so on. We talked about this last week, but I thought it was pretty incredible for today as well. Remember we talked about just as you leave one room to enter the next, all the things in that room you leave behind, and what you you do when you enter that new room is a new set of problems, responsibilities, wait. Leave that room behind, walk to the next room. Do what God wants you to do in each one of those rooms and move on and stay committed. Ephesians 5.28. In the same way, husbands ought to love their wives as they love their own bodies. For a man who loves his wife actually shows love for himself. We discard things on the basis of their quality or function or usefulness, but solely on the basis that they are well, yesterday, it's a mindset, a cancerous corruption of our convictions that blinds us to a better judgment. Completely uninterested in the long-term consequences, we short-term ourselves into a stream of quickly fading satisfactions. We know the fo- foolishness of believing the grass is greener on the other side, and yet we scrape ourselves trying to climb over. There's no perfect mate except for God. And I'm not saying a mate, I'm saying a partner. God is perfect, but nobody else on this earth is. And the people that realize that, they live such joyful lives. They do. Now, as we're getting closer to the end of this show, I must read for you the verse of the day today. Let's go there now. Verse of the day today is going to come from 2 Timothy. And I said, the world knows the Bible is true. 2 Timothy 3, 7, uh, 16 and 17. All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instructions in righteousness that the man of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. Folks, the Bible has never been disproven and evolution has never been proven. Let me say that one more time. The words of the Bible has never been disproven and evolution has never been proven. The works of Jesus Christ have never been disproven and the words of Muhammad and Buddha have been refuted and disproven and only proven to be copies of Christianity. Confucius, Muhammad, and Buddha all admitted before they died that they are not the way and they do not have all the answers. Jesus Christ boldly said, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and nobody comes to the Father unless through me. He was very clear about that. When atheists or agnostics and non-Christians say that there are too many contradictions in the Bible, they have zero idea what they're talking about, and they are only repeating or parroting something that they saw on social media or a meme. If they actually took the time to read scripture and understand the correlation between the Old and the New Testament, then they would understand completely that they are as intact as the Father is to the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen? Anyone who has ever set out to disprove the inspired words of God 
has either ended up proving it to be correct, gave up because they couldn't disprove it, or ended up converting to Christianity altogether. Now, how is that possible for very intelligent people with an absolute agenda? It's possible, be- it's possible because God exists, and Philippians 4.13 tells us that all things are possible through Christ. Having this knowledge, how could we not believe the words in the Bible? Better yet, how could we not obey the commandments that it gives us? How can we be hypocrites when we know the truth? We have to be better. You are here to help save souls and be fishers of men, not a fisher of non-fruit-bearing time wasters like woke streaming platforms and being part of things that won't matter in a week anyway. Utilize your time to further the kingdom of heaven. Even volunteering at a local shelter or a soup kitchen accomplishes that. Let's trade nothing for something today. Amen? What a powerful show today. What an incredibly beautiful and powerful show today. I want to play a video for you. Actually, I want to play two videos for you. So let's go do that right now. My goal here is not to misrepresent my Muslim friends or their faith. I simply want to address the claims asserted in the Quran. In Surah 29:48, Allah says that the Prophet Muhammad was illiterate. You, O Prophet, could not read any writing even before this revelation, nor could you write at all. The Prophet Muhammad never read the Bible and did not differentiate what was biblical canon and what was rejected Christian text. For example, the infancy gospel of Thomas, known to be a late 2nd century forgery, was rejected by the early church scholars such as Eusebius and Irenaeus. It writes about how Jesus making birds out of clay in which he brought to life and flew away. Keep in mind that this same gospel says that the child Jesus struck other children dead just for bumping into him. This gospel has no meaningful connection with the historical gospel. But note in Surah 349, I will make for you a bird from clay, breathe into it and it will become a real bird. But there's more. 2nd century Christian father Irenaeus wrote in his book Against Heresies in chapter 24 of a man named Basilides who had a trading places theory that a man named Simon traded places with Jesus on the cross and Jesus was not crucified nor did he die. Now if we look at Surah 4, 157, but they killed nor crucified him, it was only made to appear so. Here's the fundamental issue. The historical evidence shows us that Muhammad took known refuted Christian doctrines and put them in the Quran. However, if the Quran is the uncreated words of Allah, why would Allah use known refuted Christian texts? My God. Boom! Why would he? He wouldn't. Everybody knew the Bible was true. Muhammad knew the Bible was true. Muslims know the Bible is true. Buddhists know the Bible is true. Everybody on this planet knows the Bible is true. And you cannot disprove it. But I can disprove the Quran. I can disprove Buddha. I can disprove Confucius. All of them. Easily. Without even lifting a finger. It's that simple. You cannot disprove the Bible, no matter how much you try. Now, ladies and gentlemen, I thought I'd leave you with a smile today. How many of you, when getting your children ready for church, has it been like the most impossible morning to get dressed and leave to go to church? But as soon as you walk through church, you look like the most perfect Christian family. (laughs) I saw a video that displayed that 
I want to show it to you. It's incredible. This is so, uh, so hilarious. Put her back in a dress. I did what I could do with the time I have. We're pulling up to the church. Everybody act like this morning never happened. Got it? <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> I did. Put her back in a dress. I did what I <laughs> Yes. Ladies and gentlemen, that is about the most truest thing ever. Amen. Right? You get there, do this, do this, do this. How come you didn't do this? Everybody get in the car. Let's go. We're going to church. Now we get in there. You act like this morning never happened. <laughs> that is so true. That is so true. Anyway, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for being here today. What a great rise up we had. Uh, I thought I'd leave you with a little bit of a laugh. Uh, and I'll leave you with music just like uh, we brought you in. And we're going to bring you out the same way. God of Wonders. From the Red Rocks Amphitheater in Morrison, Colorado. God bless each and every one of you. Remember, Sean Farish comes up next with Ungoverned, followed by Live from America with yours truly, followed by Unafraid with Mike Crispy, and so on and so forth. I want to thank you for being here on this Rise Up. God bless each and every one of you. Thank you for you donors. And uh, on to 200. God bless you guys. Thank you again.